1: Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcasts or ad-free on Patreon. So, so a, a reason to go on Patreon, you don't need to listen to silly ads, but uh, otherwise you, you're hearing us through wherever you get your podcasts at. My name's Kenny, joined as always by Finley Martin of Power Slam fame. Ben, how are you today?
2: Well, I mean, at this point, Kenny... I- is it Finley Martin of Power Slam fame, or is it Finley Martin of Inside the Robes fame? This is true. Well, I would, I would never
1: dare to not give you the, the the plaudits for your twenty-plus year epic that got most of us listening to this uh, to become smarter wrestling fans. So <laughs>
2: there
1: you go. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're everyone, We're all good here, and uh, there's no lost passports this week to report. So Evan seems
2: to be in the right direction. Um, Let's see, you didn't need one when you went to Edinburgh over the weekend. No, thank thankfully not. Well, um, maybe in years to come, well, you'll need one to come <laughs> to England, but probably not with the way things are going. I think you're no, very safe in that department. <laughs> I
1: think, uh, I think you know whether you're a pro independence person or an anti independence person. I think uh, the the stepping down of Nicola Sturgeon signals pretty much the end of the independence movement. So,
2: that's And at um, least you wanted your passport to come to England, Kenny.
1: Well, you, that is, I mean, you know, you joke, but that I remember when the whole independence thing was happening uh, the first time, and we weren't really doing tours at that point, but I remember when the kind of, you know, all the uproars happened about maybe there'd be another referendum because of Brexit and all that jazz. I was going, if we do a UK tour, like, you know, in. England and Northern Ireland and Scotland. Like, am I going to be able to do it? Am I going to need permits to get around? But uh, thankfully, we don't need to worry about that. Um, But uh, Mm. yeah, Uh, I did want to say before we kick off, Rocky Kingston, you had asked me on Twitter about could Finn delve into NXT stand and deliver, but you have, Finn, actually written a review of that for the latest edition of Inside the Ropes magazine. So instead of me asking you to kind of run down stand and deliver, can you give us a kind of summary of what you thought of the uh the WrestleMania you know night one morning show. Which is a terribly um, dramatical week. Yeah, I mean
2: well I spent a long time writing my review of it um for the magazine. Um I mean there was I mean I thought Grayson Waller and Johnny Gargano was really well done. Um I enjoyed the um the North American title match. I uh, thought Ilya dragonoff uh was the star of that one. Um, and the rest of the show, I'm afraid, just either wasn't given enough time or, you know, the positioning of the matches was, you know, really kind of devastating for their prospects of really making an impression on the audience. Um, I thought the the opening women's ladder match really should have been better. Um didn't feel like there was like a ring general in that match to really guide it. And, you know, there's some big spots, but didn't really feel like it had like that central thread. And, you know, then Dexter Loomis appeared and he helped Indy Hartwell win. And she was a very unlikely victor to me. I mean, who really wanted Indy Hartwell to become women's champion? I mean, I guess it provoked a pop on the night because Dexter was there and it was this nostalgia thing. And then we had sort of mini reunion of the way after Gargano had defeated Waller in their unsanctioned matchup. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that got like a nostalgia pop. Um, But I mean, yeah, it was, it was, I think, I, you know, I think most of us expected more from the show. I think that's what most of us expected. Um, Partly because the main event just, just didn't erupt. Carmelo Hayes became NXT champion, and I absolutely endorse that decision. It was his time to become champ. To me, Braun Breaker, once he puts Carmelo Hayes over in the rematch, it's time for Braun to leave and go to the main roster. I don't think there's anything really left for him in NXT after the rematch with Hayes. So, you know, I like the fact that Carmelo won. I think it was his time to win as well. But that match just did not deliver fireworks. What did you think to the show, Kenny?
1: Uh, I mean, I I didn't watch the show till the following week. And I've got to admit that I kind of skimmed through it. I just wasn't, I didn't feel like it really was, was very exciting. Um, I think, I don't know. I feel like NXT is in a bit of a weird place right now where... I, I don't feel like it's must-see for people in the way that it used to be. Um, and I don't really know what they do about that because we've talked about this before. It's kind of trying to do two different things. It's trying to be a developmental show, but then also be a show that's kind of fighting to be heard as well or seen. And it's quite a hard thing to balance. So, uh, but yeah, I think that the, the best thing of the show was the, the Grayson Waller and uh, Johnny Gargano thing. I was happy to see Carmelo Hayes. Um, in the main event, doing well but uh, yeah, I just I was i was whelmed by the whole thing I wasn't blown away um, in the way that I'd hoped to be um, but yeah, which, let's move on to the, the current wrestling um, you know, I know that obviously last week um, last week's Raw was not critically acclaimed, even by us You know, we, we weren't raving; and said it was a great episode so all eyes were kind of on Smackdown and Friday night for the first part to see, would Vince McMahon be there? Would we see lots of rewrites? Would we see, you know, things kind of going off off script? And it seemed to be a pretty, you know, sort of standard show of the last few months. It didn't feel like a Vince episode. It didn't feel like there was too much um, change, but I did, I guess the one of the big talking points coming out is Triple H made an appearance and said that we will be having a WB draft soon. How do you feel about another draft then? Do you think this is going to be good for talent? Does it matter anymore? Where do you sit on the whole draft thing?
2: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's time. Um, he didn't specify a date. He just said that it would be a, in a just a few short weeks. The, the, rumored, the
1: rumored date is going to be May seventh in Jacksonville. Okay, oh, that's the day so I've heard.
2: Right after backlash. Me, sorry, me. Right after backlash, that yeah. would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I think I, I think it's I think the timing's right. Um, the only thing about it is, if they're going to do another draft, I think they've got to be more rigid um, on talent going. You know, like for instance, um, Rey Mysterio was on Raw this week, wasn't he, Kenny? Like why? I mean in order to continue the feud with his son and the judgment day. But if you're gonna have Rey Mysterio as a SmackDown wrestler, he should be wrestling on SmackDown only to me, except for in the run up to WrestleMania. Then it's it's excusable for the for the barriers to come down and for the to be, you know, the mixing and matching and you know people going from run to SmackDown and vice versa. But I think ordinarily it shouldn't be happening otherwise what is the point of it it's it doesn't matter what brand you're attached to if you can wrestle on raw or smackdown does it
1: yeah it's not uh yeah i mean the whole the whole thing kind of feels a bit silly because everybody is on every show so i think if they are going to do it then i think there needs to almost be like a you know if you're the undisputed champs you can be on both shows but apart from that
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're tag champs, obviously women's tag champs can wrestle on both shows. But to me, it should be just restricted to the champions. They should be the only uh, performers or wrestlers who are allowed to wrestle on both shows without a good reason, on both brands without a good reason. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's... And again, you know, it depends on how many people are going to bring up from NXT. I mean... I think there are quite a few people there, like, for instance, Braun Breaker. If yeah. Once Z, once he defeats, once he loses to Hayes again, he needs to be brought up because he's there's nothing left for him in NXT. People like Cameron Grimes, who has been waiting since November for creative to pull its finger out and come up with something for him. I mean, why is Grimes not on the main roster? I mean, there's a guy who can do pretty much everything, you know, either bring him up and book him and use him or just say to him, well, Cameron, you know, we'll give you your release if you want it. You know, if you want it, if you want to go. Because, you know what I mean? It's like, these are like the prime years of his career and he should be performing and he should be contributing, not sitting around, you know, waiting for, you know, the booking team to, you know, find something for him to do. So I'm hoping that if if when the draft takes place that it matters and it's meaningful and it's consequential and it makes a difference. And also we have these barriers going up again, uh, which require talent who are assigned to Raw to wrestle on Raw unless the champions and talent who are assigned to SmackDown to wrestle on SmackDown only again, unless that uh, talent is a, uh, is a champion. So uh, yeah, I'm all for it, but it's just, I think a lot of thought needs to go into it, and it needs to, it needs to be. They need to have a plan for people, and they need to implement it. And you know, this is all, we're always in that re- post WrestleMania lull. We always go through this, and it's almost like you know, you. It's like it's almost like the post wedding or a post big <laughs> birthday celebration, and everything's, uh, or even post Christmas, where if you're into Christmas, where everything's been geared to this big event obviously, in wrestling, WrestleMania, and then afterwards, it's, you know, you've got that sort of come-down period, haven't you? You just sort of think, oh, what's yeah. next? You know, and then, but that's the, the annual thing, and that's just the way it is when you have a show as big as WrestleMania. Afterwards, nothing's going to seem as big as that. So I think if they really do put a lot of effort into the draft, I think that will go somewhere towards, you know, allaying our feelings of, you know, maybe not indifference, but... You know, what's the word? What are we feeling at the moment? We just kind of feel a bit, you know, like a, bit a day. Different. It just feels a bit lacklustre, doesn't it, at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say, I mean, I don't want to jump too far forward to Rob, but I thought, you know, if, you know, if we're getting Cody and Brock at Backlash, you've got the Trish heel turn. I mean, we've kind of got more going on right now than we usually do right after WrestleMania. So I think they are, there are some good steps, but I think, yeah, you're right. The, the draft has to kind of, if, if you're going to do it, it has to kind of step. Uh, for a while. And um, yeah. I mean, you, you need know, to
2: energize the product again, don't you? And just create some new. Because, like at the moment, everything we've just had the big matches and now we're kind of in rematch season. And some of these feuds definitely have the mileage in them that they necessitate or rematches. But the feuds have already peaked because obviously we've just had WrestleMania. So nothing's going to equal that, is it? Yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned
1: Cameron Grimes, I think for an error of the Triple H run is that he knew Vince was coming back in some form, but dating back to December. So he should have got Grimes on TV, got him in some stuff, you know, because with Gunther, for example, Vince might not be as quick to just sort of forget about Gunther if there's this kind of body of work that's there, that's kind of working. Whereas with Grimes still not being there, Vince is going to see him as a comedy guy and nothing more. And, um, and he is very funny, Grimes, but he could have probably, you know, shown a bit more of what he could do so that by the time Vince eventually comes back and starts working with creative again, that there's, you know, you can kind of say, well, look, here's what Grimes has done so far, rather than, well, let's call this guy up and, you know, you know what Vince would want to do with him. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we did, On SmackDown, we got a lot of kind of the usual stuff. We opened the show with the Brawling Brutes against Imperium in a six-man tag. Um, with the baby faces getting the win, um, Vinci obviously took the pinfall, not Gunther. And uh, this is a really good opener, and uh, you know I think it alleviated the concerns of some people who thought that you know we were going to open the show with you know Gunther dressed for Oktoberfest or something, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the version of the fear that people had. <laughs> <laughs> You've got that visual in your
2: head, man yeah well maybe Vince just is just not aware of that and that's what spared Gunter and the rest of the team from having to dress up in in uh I went to one of those in um when I was in Oslo in 2019 right. and everybody dresses up in the traditional gear and it's a big thing out there but yeah I mean that would be just a ticket to uh that's a ticket to oblivion, isn't it? If you start dressing up in the traditional, you know, gear from, you know, that part of the world. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, this was, this was a um, really, like a real crowd warming match. This was a perfect little six man match for the opening slot. Didn't deliver too much, delivered just enough to excite the crowd. A uh, Nice happy ending there with Seamus pinning uh, Giovanni Vinci, uh, very popular outcome. And just feels like yes, this is going to lead to a rematch between Sheamus and Gunter. Uh, it was Drew who did the job at WrestleMania, wasn't it, Kenny? Not yeah. Sheamus. So, and actually, Drew McIntyre, conspicuous by his absence from the program. Apparently, apparently, he's working through some sort
1: of injury as well as. Well, we, you know, we should just mention it here because you know SmackDown's not got much for us to really delve into. It was just a decent show, but um, the chat is that Drew's contract is up at the end of the year. They're quite far apart on money at the moment. Do you think Drew is a big value player to WWE? They should try and keep, or do you think he's someone who, you know, is expendable? I mean, I know everyone's expendable, but uh, what do you make of the the idea that they're far apart on money at this stage?
2: Um, I mean, I think I think he's got a lot left to offer WWE. I think if he's smart, he should hold out for the cash. I mean, there's obviously a huge deal going down at the moment, you know, with the sale and it's going to be a lot of money kicking around. And if you're a big name player, as Drew McIntyre is, who's been a headliner, um, I think it's not unreasonable to ask for a pay rise. I mean, Vince did that interview last week talking about how much money they're expecting to bring in on the TV rights fees, the media rights fees. Uh Ariel Emmanuel was talking about the rate card, meaning how much money they should be bringing in for advertising. He was saying that, you know, we feel like we're undervalued and that this company should be making a hell of a lot more money than it is from adverts, which I actually do agree with. Um And some of that needs to be passed on to the talent. So if you're a big name guy like Drew, yeah, hold out. Hold out for the money. This company can afford to pay you and you're a proven commodity. You know, you're reliable, you're dependable, you know, you've done everything this company has asked you to do. So, yeah, I think you should be rewarded. Um, I don't know how far apart they are on money. um, But I mean, you know, this is what negotiations are for, Kenny. You've got to compromise, haven't you, sometimes? And, you know, it depends on how much he wants to leave, would AEW want to sign him? I mean, would he really fit in in that environment? I mean, I suppose he would, but his style is I think dissimilar to what a lot of people in AEW do. So I think, I he's think got, he's got probably- a good.
1: I think he's got a good he's got a good uh, bargaining chip because you know I think to his to to his credit he would stand out from other people in AEW and he would be a big UK presence and I just don't think they want to give that up.
2: I don't think they no, want to
1: hand no. them somebody. I, I do think
2: like... so. I think they'll come to a compromise. But this is what negotiations about, isn't it? It's all about. Yeah, you can't just
1: cave nine months before. You need to stand your ground.
2: Well, exactly. But you also, you know, you've got to be reasonable. You've got to look at the going rate and you know what, you know what, what's he asking for? here? what percentage pay rise is he asking for? So, I mean, I have no idea what that is. And I'm sure and, he knows uh, what
1: other people are on. You know, people talk. You know, of course they do. Sure you know, he should be at
2: least on the same as what Sheamus is on. Yeah, I agree.
1: So, I, agree yeah. Yeah.
2: I I think they'll come to a compromise because for the reasons you just stated, I think they would want to retain him. Um, and, um, you know, I think he's somebody who's got so much to offer, especially as a heel. We've talked about this previously. I've written about it in the magazine. I think he's going to do the heel turn at some point. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot of value in him as a villain. So, yeah. yeah, hopefully they'll reach a, an agreement at some point.
1: Um, elsewhere on SmackDown, obviously, we had the, the main event, which was Sami Sammy Zayn and Jay Uso. And the story of this was that, you know, Sammy wanted to go and talk to Jay, and uh, Owens was advising, advising him against it. And, you know, he goes to speak to Jay and he's kind of saying, you know, everything I've told you was going to happen has happened. You know, the bloodline's crumbling. Um, and he's kind of, you know, tr- trying to reason with Jay. And uh, you know, Sammy said that if if Jay needed to, if Jay needed to beat him or, or beat him now or beat him later to get it into his head, you know that's what you got to do. But that's not how it has to be. So Zayn is still trying with Jay because obviously he uh, he sees the good in Jay. Um, but it did end up with them having the match, um, and I thought the match was pretty good. And again, the storyline is continuing. I don't know where it's, go- I don't know how it's going to play out long term, but they're managing to keep this going. Um, which I didn't think there would be more mileage in it after WrestleMania, but they're finding more more stuff. What did you think of it?
2: Yeah, I mean I mean, last week on Raw, um, there was very, very much the message they were communicating was that Roman Reigns was displeased with Jimmy and Jay. Yeah. And um, this was the message that Paul Heyman was communicating to us all. Um And, um, you know, they were essentially in the bad books for losing the tag team belts at WrestleMania. Um, And, you know, was a split imminent. And the Sami Zayn um, interaction with uh, Kevin Owens was along those lines. Kevin Owens said to Sami, you know, why do you want to speak to this man? This is a really bad idea. And Zayn agreed with him. Yes, it's a bad idea. But, you know, I feel... You know, this impulse to do it. I feel I've got to speak to Jay. I've got to try to talk some sense into him. And uh, that happened in the match. Um, and in the end, you know, it was Jay who scored the pin. Um, as you said, after Solo Sokoa had interviewed from the outside, struck Sammy with this Samoan spike, and Jay. Scored the pin, and then afterwards Solo beat down Zane, and it looked and Jay was not a participant in this attack. So you're thinking, oh, is Jay having second thoughts? You know, is he warming to Sammy? Is he thinking of leaving the Bloodline? And it was all a ruse. And then he attacked uh, Sammy as well. Um, and uh, Matt Riddle came down and made the save. He beat down uh, Jay and Solo. We should mention that Kevin Owens. Uh, been attacked backstage, Kenny, before the main event, so he was unable to go to the ring with Sammy or save him from the post match attack, and that was yeah. that was Matt Riddle's um, spot on the card, his star spot. It looks like you know they've they've put their faith in Riddle again, Kenny. They're willing to trust him, you know, with this big main event sort of saves and involvement in the main event storyline. It uh, looks like he's received another uh, reprieve, doesn't it?
1: A vote of confidence. Yeah, and look, Matt Riddle's really good, but just learn from your mistakes. Yeah. If you are going to cheat on someone, get the advice of other wrestlers who manage to do it subtly and quietly and not have it become public news. You know, there's, there's, we said this before, there's wrestlers who have done stuff like that for decades and it never gets out. I'm not saying they should, I'm not here to be the model police on it. But I'm just, you know, we've talked about this before. He is, if he's doing it to the extent where it's coming out, he must be pretty sloppy about covering it up Finn, you know? It'd be like, you know, is he just, is he texting one with the other person's name, you know? <laughs> hey Finn instead of Hey Kenny? Like, is that what he's doing? <laughs> you know, he's, no, it.
2: he needs to, <laughs> and he's been given this another big chance, so hopefully
1: yes. he takes it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I imagine, you know, this is actually an extent. Obviously, it was the Bloodline that in the storyline had sidelined Riddle back in, was it early December? I think it was. Yes. yes early December. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, they had the credit in the story that was the cover story for Riddle's, you know, suspension that he'd been beaten down by Bloodline. So, this all makes sense in the context of the storyline that he would be targeting Solo and Jay. Um, but you're right, Kenny, it's like, you know this is this is an embarrassing situation you know there's brought a lot of bad publicity on the company last year and you know riddle's not 22 what is he 36 37 so he's certainly old enough to know better and um yeah it's like you just need to be a professional in the public eye you know what if you can what you get up to elsewhere well that's you know, that's up to you, but in the public eye, you have you you are a representative of WWE and, um, you know, do not bring the company into disrepute. I always feel weird about saying that, using that phrase when uh, the guy who was front and center talking about the sale of the company last week uh-huh. has certainly done more of his share of bringing the company into disrepute, hasn't he, Kenny, in recent years?
1: Oh yeah, and I think you know I feel that we we sometimes need to to clarify that when we talk about this. Like we're not saying we're not saying that Vince has not done anything wrong. In fact, we would both prefer if Vince was not in charge. We don't want to see Vince ever again. But unfortunately, that's where the cookie crumbled. But within the company, you know, we're talking about Riddle because if Riddle does this again, you know, it'd be like Amazon. The rules are different for Jeff Bezos than they are for you know a manager at a California branch or something. The, the rules are just different, so yeah, and you know, the public public figure he's got kids and you know people once you've done something before that you know the internet wrestling community specifically think that you should sort of be cancelled for, then you almost need to be squeaky clean,
2: and- yes, absolutely your every move will be scrutinized, yeah, and you might you need to you need to be. You know, you need to be a saint as far as, you know, in the public eye, at least. So, um, but I mean, yeah, hopefully, you know, he's had this time off and uh, hopefully he's, you know, had a think and, um, re, you know, re-examined his attitudes to suck towards certain things and realizes that this is, as I said, back in December, this is last chance saloon territory. And, um, you know, if he screws up again, he, he, he'll be leaving. He'll be he'll be going permanently.
1: Yeah. Um, well, isn't that? I mean, that's kind of the justice match. Then there wasn't really anything else that I wanted to mention. I was going to move on to Rob. Do you have anything else you want to give a quick mention to before we move on, or are you happy to move
2: on? Yeah, I thought Dominic Mysterio was <laughs> when he was out with the uh, Judgment Day. I mean, the heat that he attracted. I mean, Finn Balor was just cracking up, wasn't he? Each <laughs> time Dominic spoke. I mean, there's no one in this company. In fact, there's no one in wrestling who provokes a louder response, in my opinion, than Dominic Mysterio. People, you know, I mean, I know it's, they understand what's going on. We're all in on it. And it's not like he 35 years ago, but it's it's as close to that as we're going to see in 2023. Yeah. So I thought Dominic was really good. And uh, he's just saying, you know, I, I held back at WrestleMania. I couldn't hurt my father. And then Dominic said to Ray, you know, you and the rest of the family can go to hell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought he was a barrel of laughs there. And, um, you know, there was, uh, there was a, that led to a match between Santos Escobar and Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest, uh, which was won by Mr. Dom and Damian Priest when Priest pinned Escobar. But I thought it was a good effort. I thought that match was very well done and really enjoyed the promo Beforehand from Dominic and the rest of the Judgment Day.
1: Yeah, and I think for I think once we kind of get a backlash with Bad Bunny being involved, I think the LWO will probably get to do a bit more, and I think that will probably be good for them, especially for Escobar if Escobar can get a real uh, bit of rub from Rey Mysterio, it'd be really good for him because at the moment he's just kind of floundering. So yeah, um, hopefully that'll happen.
2: But um, I mean, I mean, it took them a long time to uh, to really connect with the NXT audience. And uh, we need more character development and promos and maybe some videos. They need some creative support and assistance, does Legado, because they're just put out there. And, like, yes, we know the fans of Rey Mysterio and, you know, he's revered and, you know, they've reformed the Latino world order and they're all wearing the t shirts. And, you know, that's some, you know, character development, but we need a lot more, I think, from. Uh, Santos and the rest of the crew. I just feel like they've, they haven't been ignored, but I think they could do so much more for them, and I think they're going to need that assistance if they're really going to connect and get over us and act in their own right.
1: Indeed. Uh, let's move on to Raw. We opened the show with uh, Dominic Mysterio and Ray having another kind of back and forth where, you know, this time Ray's kind of saying, you're a lost cause. Come on, in, come on in here and fight, and Dom's saying... I could never fight my father. You know, he's the, the tables have turned, led to a Rey Mysterio Finn Balor match, which was a pretty good match. And uh, but I will say, I think, you know, Finn Balor was not very over here. And I the two reasons for that is number one, Dominic is so much more over as a heel because of the race stuff, but also the edge loss that he took at WrestleMania, I think, bears out as a mistake. Because Edge is gone and Balor's here. What did he gain from it? And the answer is probably not much. So I think that was the so far that seems to be a mistake, unless there's something down on it that's going to prove it wasn't. So, uh, but Finn did get a win over Ray here. So, you know, now they've got to kind of get something back for him, which kind of feels yeah. backwards. But, um, he did get a win over Ray with help from Dom. And I thought the match was pretty good. They're very good in the ring. And, uh, yeah, Ray and Dom together are just a highlight of the show every time they're on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they haven't announced it yet, but one would assume it's going to be Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio versus probably Dominic and Finn Balor, or maybe Dominic and Damian Priest actually, because that would that would work better with a storyline, wouldn't it? Since Damian Priest had teamed with Bad Bunny at WrestleMania, hadn't he?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be uh, Dominic and Priest to play off yeah. of that Priest Bunny partnership for sure. Absolutely, and I think
2: that match that match, especially since it's taking place in. Puerto Rico. I think the match on the night will be possibly, if not the possibly number two match on the show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will be. So, oh, once... be. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, so far, I mean, we're on that show. We're probably gonna have Cody and Brock, yeah, Biddle and KO and Sammy against Usos and Solo, and this Bad Bunny Ray Dom tag match. I mean, that's a, a heavy top three for the show.
2: It so. is absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, WrestleMania uh, Backlash. Actually, it's not WrestleMania Backlash. You're
1: doing a Cody now, Finn. You're doing a Cody Road
2: Club. What's
1: that? (laughs) Because Cody, at the end of his promo, said, I'll see you at WrestleMania Backlash. That's right. I'm challenging you WrestleMania Backlash, but it's not WrestleMania Backlash. But, of course, everyone's thinking, oh, no, Vince has changed the name again. (laughs) Uh, All the advertisements and publicity for it is still just Backlash, just in case anyone's worried.
2: Yes, Absolutely. So, yes, Cody did make an error there. Um, but you're right. Yeah, that's three big matches at Backlash. And um, it wouldn't surprise me, actually, if it was Ray and Bad Bunny versus Dominic and Damian Priest in the main event. That feels like a main event match, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, especially in that market. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so a really good opener. Now, then we had we found out backstage that Lita had been attacked um, and something had happened. So Lita's selling the injury. Um, you know, basically, she can't she can't compete. So Becky Lynch. Is- I mean, it wasn't very convincing, was it? I mean, it was Lita acting. You know what? What do you what? What can you expect? It's like asking a a dog to juggle. It's not <laughs> you're going to have limited results. <laughs> um, but <laughs> actually, I think a dog juggling could. Anyway, never mind. Um, so Becky comes in to speak to Byron Saxton. Uh, you know, obviously they think damage control are responsible or. Uh, no. I guess, yeah, yeah they, they think damage control responsible. But anyway, Trish comes in and she is, she's there with Adam Pierce, and she is going to be in there uh, on behalf of Lita to be in the team. Um, but you know, they have kind of made that the de facto rule in the last few months because Sammy Zayn was in there with one with Jimmy Uso one week, one week, or did yeah. defend the tag titles and
2: yeah. I mean, that. fair enough. It means that the match still happens, doesn't
1: it? Yes. So, uh, so we got Becky and Trish taking on Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan for the women's tag team titles. <laughs> I mean, this match did suffer with some of the spots, um, and uh, but overall, I mean, I think that the fans were really behind it. The fans were really into the match. It felt like a big match because obviously Becky and Trish were in there, um, and Trish would end up being the downfall for her team because she ended up uh, Becky Lynch had the match won with a, a manhandle slam, but then she, she got pulled out. Rodriguez pulled it out. Stratus tags in and she ends up missing the big kick. And Morgan rolls her up for the one, two, three. So Raquel and Liv are your tag team champions. Before we talk about the post-match angle, uh, thoughts on the match?
2: I thought it was terrible. (coughs) I mean, it was so bad. Stratus looked clueless in a sequence before Lynch hit a leg drop from the top rope on Morgan. Becky Lynch looked perpetually pissed off throughout the entire night. You know, this match was just a total mess. When Stratus tagged in, there's just no heat for her. At one point, there was a, this is awesome chant. That's like, you know, talk about group think. (laughs) It wasn't, it was awful. I mean, Corey Graves said, almost catatonic look on the face of the man. And Becky, I think, was just thinking, oh my God, you know, what's happened to my career? I mean, she has just cooled off Massively. Ever since she became associated with Lita and Tristratus. and about the only thing that looked good was the roll-up finish. I mean, there was like a double suplex spot in the corner that was just the timing on that was terrible. Um, yeah, I just thought this was this was garbage. This match, even Lynch's manhandle slam on Morgan looked rotten. Uh, yeah, apart from the pinfall, what, just just an absolutely dismal match. Uh, But the
1: post-match angle is what everyone's talking about, which is that uh, Trish is there trying to uh, apologise to to Becky Lynch and they're they're hugging, everything seems to be okay. And then as Becky goes to leave, uh, Stratus attacks her, hits her with the chick kick. Uh, Becky actually sold sold the chick kick very well. And uh, Stratus kind of, you know, trash talks her and leaves. Um, Are you interested
2: in the heel turn? Are you interested in Trish as a heel against Becky? Not interested, just wanted to go away. <laughs> just and then backstage afterwards. Trish was asked by Baron Saxton as to why she'd attack Lynch and she didn't say anything. I thought the heel turn was weak. Um, I thought she should have really beat the hell out of Lynch and she didn't. I think you know, go back, just look at Becky Lynch's face throughout this, and she just she just knows that this has been this whole period has been really bad for her career. And the sooner this ends, the better. I mean, she had to know that this was good that,
1: that it was gonna kind of turn out this because Lita is someone who, yeah, she had an okay match with Becky last year at Crown Jewel or whatever, or Super Showdown, whatever one it was. Um, but I mean Lita's not someone who should be in there wrestling regularly. And no, or, or indeed
2: or indeed ever.
1: Or indeed ever. I will say that I like the heel turn. I'm gonna I, th- I think there is something in it because Trish has proven in the past that she can still do some stuff. This match was not a good example. Uh, there was a lot of mess- messy stuff in this match, but I think Becky and Trish in a one-on-one can do something good. Um, I mean, I, I, the in- the in- it's a shame that this was kind of leaked a few weeks ago because it was kind of expected. Yeah. Ha- if I hadn't heard about it, I think I would have been way more shocked At the the, because I wouldn't have thought they would turn Trish heel. I just wouldn't have thought that at this stage of her career, that's what she would do. But um, I think she's kind of better as a heel, actually, at this point, because, you know, the babyface thing, it's just kind of, what's the point? So I I actually do think there's potential, but I think they're going to need to practice, practice and practice for whatever they do, because (laughs) there's, there's some wrestlers who can just come back in after years off and just pick it right back up. Yeah, with some people who can't, and you know, unfortunately, uh, Trish, Trish can't, and Lita definitely can't.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope you know, I hope they can. I hope you know, the creative really needs to go the extra mile on this one, and they yeah. need to be working really hard on this. And like, you know, Becky Lynch needs this match with Trish Stratus. I don't know. What, presumably, it'll happen a backlash. Maybe I think it probably will. Um. I really hope that they have a good match on the night. I would really like to compliment these two. Um, you know, I don't take any the, I don't compliment. take any satisfaction from trashing a match, but this match was bad. It was just lousy. It was it was just a mess. Um, so I hope Becky and Trish can put something together and um
0: planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinns.
2: Yeah, I mean, but they're going to need some creative support, need a good storyline. And I think they're going to need some people just going through that match with them again and again. Maybe just do like a street fight type match. Yep. And then you can, you know, use props and do some walking around. And it's not just going to be confined to the ring. I think that would be helpful. Rather than just having a straight one on one, you know, ordinary match. I don't, I'm not excited by the prospect of that at all. But some type of street fight or false count anywhere rules or something like that, I think would enhance a Lynch versus Stratus match. And um, also having the props and stunts and diversions, I think will conceal a lot of Tristratus's shortcomings.
1: I mean, the, the one positive you can say is that the match is not going to involve Lita. <laughs> already, it's got more going for it. Um, I mean, I think, because initially the, the report had been on, oh, you, you know, Trish is going to turn heel and do a match with Becky at SummerSlam. I can't imagine why they would do the turn now if, if for a SummerSlam match. There's just no way. So, um, I, yeah, wouldn't I, thought, I
2: wouldn't have thought so, because also it means the stratus that, I mean, how are they going to prolong this until then? I just don't foresee them doing that. It, it has to be backlash, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. And, and you know, here's, a, here's an example. So Ray and Dominic, if you were to look at the Ray and Dominic WrestleMania match and you take away all the storyline stuff and you just have the match, it was an okay match. It was, it was
2: nothing that special. Agreed, yeah. A, well, it was well, actually, it was this mild disappointment I thought in the ring, but the storyline carried it. Yeah, and but in wrestling, that's a lot of the time how it
1: works. The storyline is what you get invested in. That's why you remember matches being classic or whatever. And that Dom Ray thing at WrestleMania will be remembered as a sort of classic thing because of the story. So with Becky and Trish, if you know going in that they're not going to, you know, they're going to struggle to put on a sort of five-star match or critically acclaimed match, whatever you want to call it, then creative needs to step in and uh, give us a good story. So what's Trish's explanation for turning What's the back and forth going to be? But that's going to, they need to give them lots from that department so that when they get in the ring, even if it's just a kind of decentish match, it'll feel like it was a great match. And that's their job. So I hope that they can do that. Yes, agreed. Um, so, because, you know, as well, if, if there's, you know, that top three that we mentioned for Backlash, there's no women involved in that. So it would be good to have a big women's match. Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, the only thing we've teased so far is, well, we've got Io Sky versus Bianca Belair, haven't we? But is that going to be on TV?
1: We don't know. We we just know that because obviously on this show, Io Sky ends up uh, winning a three-way against Mishan and, and Piper Nevin. So uh, she is going to face her. I mean, I think they should keep it for, for the, the pay-per-view because... If you give Bianca Belair that match on TV, you know what's she going to do at the pay per view? You know,
2: exactly, the... exactly. She wasn't even on roll, was she?
1: No, we should mention there was there was travel issues with this show, where um, a bunch of the talent who live in Orlando had all tried to. we all on this one kind of morning flight that was going to get them all into town on time, and then there was a massive delay, so a lot of those people didn't get until the third hour. So there's people at the street profits who weren't on the show. Uh, Rhea and Damian Priest. Um and then obviously we saw at the end Riddle and Sami Zayn were able to do the run in because of it. But um I, I compliment to the show, i if I didn't know, I wouldn't have known there was a travel issue.
2: Yeah, they they had mentioned it, did mention it at the start of the show, didn't they? They didn't bring it up on commentary. Yeah. And but I think uh, if they
1: hadn't it still would have, the show didn't feel like it was like hastily put together. felt like there was there was there was stuff that was consequential and
2: um, yeah, felt it felt good. Um Definitely. I did notice actually in Dominic's opening promo that he got lost a couple of times there. And which, uh, which doesn't usually happen with him. He usually manages to
1: to keep it keep it going. So
2: Yeah, but well, I think that was because he was out there without that backup. Um, and happily he's so over that probably no one except for pedants like me noticed. <laughs> um
1: Bobby Lashley had a match with Bronson Reed, and this was by far the The most memorable thing Bronson Reed has done since he came back. Well,
2: Elimination Chamber. That was he was he had a great night at Elimination Chamber. He did, but I mean
1: that was him in like a multi man match. It didn't feel it, it was so focused on him. This felt like it was like it's about him and Lashley. It, this feels like it's going to be more, it's going to he's going to get more out of this than that because yes. it's a storyline. It's an actual story that he's in. Uh, but yeah, of course, Elimination Chamber was a big night. Big night for him as well.
2: Yeah, I mean the only thing I will say is is that it looked like Bronson Reed was totally blown up by the end.
1: <laughs> Bobby Lashley was going for it with those punches. He was he was really going for cuz they have a we should mention they have the match ends up going to a double counter they just start fighting and um yeah, Bronson Reed was I mean he's a big boy. You know, he is.
2: He is. Well, I'm not sure where we're allowed to say this anymore, but you know, conditioning Bronson. I mean I'm sure he wasn't this big when he was in NXT. Um, and is that a factor? Possibly. Most likely. Uh, but I think this was probably a wake-up call, or at least I hope it will be for Bronson Reed, because he looked like he was really struggling at the end there. And this is a huge opportunity for him to excel. And when they have their match, presumably at Backlash, seems like it's leading towards a Backlash premium live event match. Um you know, I hope Reed's, you know, ready to go, you know, because he just looked like he, was, he looked like he was dying there at the end, Kenny, didn't he, when they had the pull apart?
1: I've i have I've felt Bronson Reed's, I've, the way he looked at the end, I've felt several times in my life. You know, at the end, at the, I, I remember having a personal trainer when I lived in Vancouver who would do these military boot camps. Right. They were like 40 minutes long and you had to do you know, it was like you have to do a certain amount of all these different things within the 40 minutes, and by the end that last five minutes, I'm trying to get the end of it, and I felt how Bronson-Reed looked here <laughs> I don't know if I was as hefty, but I certainly felt it at that point But um, <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing is, this this is the kind of stuff, for somebody like Bronson-Reed this is the kind of stuff that is going to get him over is something where it's, yeah. you know he's in there with somebody, they're just beating the shit out of each other, that's the way that he's gonna get over with this crowd.
2: It is, you're right. And and they had sent all the producers out there, the refs were out there, it was, you know, all the commotion, you know, all the shell, all the shouting and yelling, you know, we need all that to really ramp up the drama. So they got all the you know full works here, didn't they, for the pull apart at the end. And um, and yeah, I mean it was I, I thought it was a really good step, a, a really Huge step forward for Bronson Reed that he wasn't just defeated by Bobby Lashley in a TV match. And this did feel like he was booked um, to set up a premium live event match. I hope that's what happens next. And I hope Reed's ready for it because I've been a fan of his for a long time. I think he's a real talent. I think he's got a lot to offer, um, but he needs to be in shape. And now Vince, you know, I, that this will not have gone unnoticed by anyone backstage. And I'm sure somebody will be having a quiet word for him. And hopefully Reed will listen to that and act accordingly. Because well, let's also not
1: forget Bobby Lashley is probably fairly pissed at the moment. You know, he was left off WrestleMania. Yeah. Wasn't involved. So he, while he, you know, his job is to go out there and, and have a fight with you. But you can be guaranteed Bobby Lashley's not going to lie back and let you get everything.
2: No, no, you're going to have to work for it. I mean, he's not. If you're going to have a match with him, you've got to, you've got to go, you've got to go hard and heavy. You know, yeah. you've got to bring it. And if you're not bringing it, and you're all blown up, Bobby's not going to stand back and you know just lie there and sell until you've managed to get mm-hmm. the second wind. And uh, you know, this is a huge thing for Reed. And um, you know, Lashley obviously is you know he's a veteran now, but he's still in great shape, and he's kind of. You know, the fact that Lash, what's Lashley now? Is he 45 or 46? He still 46 looks amazing. He,
1: think.
2: Yeah, he's still in great shape. And, um, you know, younger talent, you know, they're the ones trying to keep up with him. You know, and that's <laughs> not the way it's supposed to be, is it? So, uh, oh, wow. no, no. I mean, overall, um, the crowd was really into the pull apart between these two. And um, I'm looking forward to the rematch, Kenny.
1: Yeah, Bobby Lashley actually turns 47 this July. Which, 47?
2: You know, wow. You
1: does um, Still in he, 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 you,
2: You'd never believe. I mean, that guy could pass what, 35?
1: Yeah. The, you know, there's guys like Sheamus, guys like Bobby Lashley. It's like, it, show, it just shows you that if you do take care of yourself, you can do this for a long time. You can. Sure. Um, I, bet, I will say, you know, the thing with Bronson Reed is, yeah, he was blown up at the end, but that will not be remembered if he can, ha- you know, when he has this, you know, I assume they'll face off a backlash. He puts in a memorable performance there and he's got almost a month to to really hammer the cardio, which I know it yeah. sounds sort of really patronizing from us, but like, you know, that's what he needs to do. He needs to oh, Of course he
2: does. Absolutely. So... I mean, we wouldn't be bringing it up, would we? Because no. I mean it's very noticeable. And I read comments online from people pointing this out. So I mean, you know, people noticed and and it's like, Well, this is your job, you know. And sometimes be... sometimes when
1: when when there's a kind of sometimes when something like this happens, there's two ways you can deal with it. There's there's the way of kind of going, Do you know what? I'm gonna shut these people up and I'm gonna, you know, do what I need to do to make sure that the next time I'm out there in this scenario, people are gonna be like, Oh wow, that was great. Or you can crumble to the the criticism. Because everybody gets crit- if you're getting criticism, it just means you're big enough that there's enough people to care. Yeah. But you need to decide what you're gonna do with that. So um the big question mark on this episode of Raw was going to be how Cody Rhodes reacts to not only WrestleMania, but the Brock Lesnar attack. He comes up for a big promo where where he, uh, you know, goes into detail about, you know, I lost to Roman Reigns. It was my fault. I didn't prepare enough. Um, you know, I didn't want to get out of bed last last week after what happened. And then, of course, there's Brock Lesnar and he attacks me and, you know, uh the, and he said, you know, he even mentioned the rubber chicken fin that had been left in the ring. Somebody threw into the ring after the the match. He said, <laughs> the only thing more embarrassing than being laid out in front of eighty thousand people with a rubber chicken near your head um, was offering up your partnership to Lesnar, being naive and innocent, and having it and and having it taken away. I thought the really clever part of his promo here was that he basically kind of said, you know, we well, didn't say these words, but the 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 inference was. Brock Lesnar has never had to fake it. If he wants to beat you up, he's going to beat you up. But Brock Lesnar toyed with him and made him think he was on his side and then attacked him from behind. So um, he puts out the challenge to Brock, says, I don't know whether it's because you were uh, unhappy with your place in the WrestleMania card or if I challenge you. Uh, but he ends up challenging uh, Lesnar for Backlash. Um, this was an important promo for Cody. How do you think he did?
2: Yeah, I thought I thought he did well. I mean, one thing about Cody Rhodes' promos, um, and he's not, you know, this isn't exclusive to him in WWE because other people, especially Paul Heyman, you know that everything Paul Heyman says, you know, he's written for himself or he's just, um, you know, spontaneously come up with on the night. Um, Cody Rhodes' promos are individual to him. You can see that no one is... You know, maybe someone's helping him with his promos, but the promos are in his voice every time, aren't they? You yeah, know, there's yeah, no, he's very no, really
1: individual there. that way.
2: Absolutely. And um, and I think sometimes he goes on a bit long and he talks for a little bit too long sometimes. Um, and he probably did do here, actually. I think he was just out there a little bit too long. And I think you only need to really... The whole, you know, he said regarding the match with Roman Reigns, you know, there's only one person to blame. That's me. He said, I lost and I'm sorry. And I think in some ways you can say, well, he's taking it on the chin there and, you know, he's not making excuses, even though obviously Solo Sokoa interfered and there was, you know, bloodline was involved and there was all these reasons why he lost and had it been a fair one on one match, you know presumably he would have won. And that was a point that he made last week. I had you, Roman Reigns. And uh, so I'm not really sure if he needed to say all that, those words here, but he did. Um, the audience was with him and the audience really likes Cody. And, you know, he's he's doing so well in this company for a guy who was having such a terrible time at the end of his run in AEW I mean, everyone was, not everyone, but nearly everyone was booing him. And he was the most loathed babyface in AEW at the end. And what a contrast between the reaction to him there and the reaction to him here in WWE, even after he lost to Roman Reigns in a match that we all thought he was going to win. So he kind of let us down as well as himself. And then he'd take this hell of a beating from Brock Lesnar And he's still over. People still like him. People are still rooting for him. So he's definitely got that X factor that every star wrestler needs. And there was times Kenny when I doubted that, and I was obviously wrong. You know, I'm pleased to admit that here. So yeah, he went around the houses here, and in the end, he challenged Brock Lesnar to a match at WrestleMania Backlash. And uh, Brock Lesnar will be on Raw next week to answer that challenge. One assumes he will accept. And um, yeah, that'll be probably the number two match of the night, I would think.
1: Yeah, I thought he really delivered the promo. I really enjoyed it. I think he made some good points, and the crowd, the crowd were really into him. They were yeah. like very. He was the most over guy on the show, um, which is a good sign. And yeah, I like, I like the idea that he was kind of saying, you know, Brock Lesnar sees me as a victim, but I'm not going to be his victim. Um, so yeah, there was good stuff there. So. Um, And I think it'll be a big match. I hope he wins. I really hope he gets to beat Brock. Um, But yeah, we'll see. Um, We got the Usos against Alpha Academy, which feels like it maybe was going to be Street Profits, but they couldn't get there in time. So we kind of got this kind of heel versus heel match, but it went longer than I thought it was going to. And the Usos gave Alpha Academy more than... I think, are you enjoying this idea that Otis is the babyface of the team and Chad Gable is the heel?
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, I think, I mean, the audience certainly treated Chad and Otis as the good guys here. um, And the match was laid out um, to that effect so that the alphas would be cheered. And they had the, you know, big, there was a big uh, near fall after Chad did the bulldog um, off Otis's uh, shoulders. And then um, there was also really good false finish when Chad nailed Jimmy uh, with a top rope splash. people, really felt like that could be the end and that the alphas might actually win a big match (laughs) not not this night and Mm -hmm. i really hope they do get a big win soon because people still like the alpha academy they're still over which is a real testament to their talent their ability to connect with the audiences when you think of how many defeats you know they've suffered over the last what five months or so i mean they lose nearly every week don't they kenny the alpha academy Um so I hope that they I hope they I hope they stay together in the draft. I mean maybe they should go over to SmackDown, probably they will cuz it doesn't seem like there's much left for them on Raw, but I want to see them turn babyface cuz people want these guys to turn. They've already kind of turned them in the minds, and I just I think they're only going to just tweak the act a little bit, just the way they sell and just a few things that they do. And I think these two could be super over as faces. Um, and obviously we've got this thing going on with Maximum Male Models, this bizarre sort of, you know, Maxine's obsessed with Otis. And I think there's some camp comedy value in that. I don't know how, what its legs are going to be. I don't know how long that's going to really appeal to people, but there's probably still a little bit of, you know, juice left in that storyline. Uh, but I really enjoyed the match and it was probably the right decision for the Usos to win. The Usos to win because, you know, they're the stars. They just lost the tag belts. They're in this big program with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Matt Riddle. We know they're going to have a big match at Backlash. So it was the right outcome. But, you know, I'm rooting for the Alphas, Kenny. I just, you know, I want good things for these guys.
1: Yeah, they're they are the, the most underrated team in WWE for sure. They are just... I guess it keeps on giving. Um the main event was Kevin Owens, Solo Sokoa. Um, I feel like we've seen this match quite a lot, but um in <laughs> the end, in the end, Solo gets the win. And, but, I mean it was obviously with distraction from the Usos, it was not a clean win by any stretch. Owens had an injury throughout the match that he was selling. Um yeah. so Solo gets the win, and then afterwards when the heels have beaten up Owens, Matt Riddle, and Sami Zayn run from a vehicle that they arrive into the arena uh, to pack and kind of run off the heels so they can stand tall at the end. Um now now Matt Riddle was wearing his wrestling gear, wasn't he? Maybe well maybe he just has a carry-on on his flight. Maybe he's maybe he knows to not check any luggage in.
2: I think it would have been more realistic if he'd been wearing his street clothes. I mean I know it's just a, a yeah. mind nitpicking nitpicking detail here, but you it's know i have mean. got to start somewhere. <laughs> so um
1: but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I mean, I think now we have saw Kasami lost last week, and Kevin's lost this week, so they've they've both lost as champs so far, but they've yeah. lost with distraction, which is fine. But I think you don't want to have that be the norm, you know. Hopefully, that's just kind of they've lost matches because of the interference that now builds up. They want to get revenge at backlash. Yes. That's yes. Just I mean
2: this. Goes. I mean, this is pretty standard stuff. I mean, the match went down well with the audience. I thought it was well done for what it was. Um, I mean, Solo, I'm interested to see what happens with him because he actually was really quite effective, I thought, as a babyface in NXT. And he's got a real likeable quality to him. And we've never seen that on the main roster because he's this stoic guy who seldom speaks and he's the, the enforcer, the sergeant at arms of the bloodline. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's a while down the line before Solo turns face and goes out on his own. But, you know, some people I think are resenting Solo Sokoa's push, Kenny, We feel like he's scoring these huge wins and he's involved in all these big matches and he's not really earned it. But I think he's a guy that's got a lot to offer long term. And I think WWE realises that as well. I'm sure they do. He wouldn't be in this position otherwise. I don't just think it's a nepotism thing. I think he's a, you know, I think he's a real talent. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think, enjoyed
1: the oh, match. I, Sorry, Kenny. You know, just to, just to piggyback off that, I, th- I do think that you know at the end of the day, I think there's a reason he's winning these matches because he's the person that kind of needs to win them if they're going to create a new star. And I think that while sometimes when you see someone getting wins like this, and you kind of don't feel like they're on the level. That's kind of what gets them to the level, and then magically yeah. one day they just do feel like a big deal because you you're, you're used to in your mind seeing them in there with the big names, seeing them getting wins and so eventually it means that you know could
2: solo break away and there would be a solo roman match at one point exactly i think that could be enormous i mean that there would be that's premium live event and that's really good storyline material as well because solo was always the loyal one wasn't he he yeah. was the one who you know unquestionable, you know questionably loyal you know totally dedicated to the tribal chief um you know never you know, stepped out of line ever, never had a cross word with Roman Reigns. So that would be a real shocker if Solo were to split from the bloodline and then oppose Jimmy and Jay and and eventually Roman. That's actually a huge match in itself. Uh, But yeah, I I enjoyed the match and I'm with you. I don't want to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn doing, doing any more jobs for a while. I think it was the right outcome after Jimmy and Jay had lost the belt at WrestleMania for Sami to then do the job. On SmackDown and for Kevin Owens to lose on Raw. Um, and I think this, you know, properly prepares what's coming next to Backlash. Um, but yeah, we don't need any more, you know, especially when you think like Sammy, just all the punishment that he took before he did the job to Roman at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And then losing these 12 minute matches on TV. It's not really believable, is it? No. no. <laughs> if you think about it, on, but there again, if you think about pro wrestling too deeply, none of it's believable, is it?
1: Slippery slope. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you one thing before we go, because uh, that was kind of raw. Um, Roman Reigns obviously is not going to be on backlash. We can see that by what he's doing. Do you think we see Roman at money in the bank in the UK? Or do you, I mean, how, how much do you expect to see Roman uh, PLE wise between now and SummerSlam?
2: Well, you would think that he'd make an appearance at uh, King and Queen of the Ring because the money is so good. You would think.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I would think he'll be there. Um, is that where the Cody rematch happens? I don't know. Did Do he go to it that soon? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure about that. I mean, could that be the SummerSlam headliner if Cody wins Money in the Bank?
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think. I think you're setting yourself up for more stuff
2: if that's the case. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. it's it's tough because who does if if not Cody Rhodes who does Roman Reigns face next he doesn't have a challenger or a range does he it's very difficult because I want to say an
1: answer but I'm only saying it because I've read your q so I'm going to
2: resist um, well thank you for that Kenny thank you name. I appreciate the fact that you're not Stephen stealing my property and teasing <laughs> me, taking it for your own, trying to take credit for it. I know again. Um, no, but I mean, I,
1: if it's not Cody, I don't know who it would be. Um, you know, but I mean, that you, you could put somebody like a Lashley in there. You know, yeah. he's not so, he's not someone who's going to be there for a big big pay per view. But I think he could be somebody who you could build up pretty quickly to do one pay per view with Roman. You could almost have Solo be the one that costs him, therefore then Bobby goes off for solo. And there's options, I think.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it would be helpful if Randy Orton were to return fairly soon. Yeah. I don't know wh- how close he is to receiving clearance to return to action, but if Randy Orton were to return, say at Backlash, then he automatically would be somebody who would be, you know, capable of, facing off against Roman Reigns the very next week. Yeah. People would be people would be on board with that without any preparation. Um so um yeah I'm hoping but there again you know we everything's been quiet on on Randy Orton hasn't it? I mean there was all this talk that he might be at WrestleMania and then we didn't see him and the, to- um,
1: the talk the talk that I read over WrestleMania weekend from PW Insider was that he's still not 100%. Yes. Um but hopefully that is Hopefully he's still going to be on
2: the way to 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 that, but who knows? I mean, you know, back fusion surgery is what I believe he went under. So, I mean, you, you cannot rush the recovery from something like that, obviously. So, um, you know, and, and nor would they. I mean, there's no way Horton, with his level of wealth and success, there's no way he's going to rush back. He's not a mark for the business. I'm sure he enjoys being involved, but it's not like he's going to do anything rash. Is he?
1: No, and I think I think you know, slow and steady wins the race. Because when Orton comes back once he's healed, he's got a couple, a few years left. So you would think, think so. Yeah. Uh, but listen, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back on Thursday uh, on Patreon with Power Slam, Friday on the main feed. Um, and we'll do the overrun as well. So maybe this week in the overrun, we can tackle a couple of questions that didn't make the Q&A. Yeah, yeah, there is plenty to choose from. There we go. So that'll take the next couple of weeks up. And then bef- and then I'm moving at the beginning of May, which means by once I've moved, we'll get back to doing those Power Slam review, PowerSlam magazine reviews. So do look out for that. So uh, yeah, I want to thank you for your support, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon.